0: So uh, if you were to step up for the Yankees and you were to have a walkout song playing behind you hit that big homer or maybe bunt for your boys what would that walkout song be Uh Why?
1: I think it would I would I would think see man that's a tough one Uh I would think probably my walkout song would be Vertigo by U2
0: Ladies and gentlemen straight out of Birmingham Alabama he started out His career with ESPN, Fox, NFL, then shot epic commercials, then music videos with artists like Switchfoot, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant. This dude's got 11 GMA Dove Awards nominations, three music video the year awards to his name. He makes hits, y'all. This dude makes hits. He just released American Underdog with his brother, John. They've got other hits like October Baby, Woodlawn, I can only imagine. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Andy Irwin.
1: Uh, (laughs) dude charlie can you just like record the intro to my voicemail man like that that intro was epic i loved it man that's so cool it's so cool
0: i got you man i got you that way every time you know you got filmmakers on the other line actors you can be like hey this is who i am guys
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so cool man that's so cool i love it love it good to be
0: with you man good to be with you i appreciate your time man uh you know just just Thinking about talking to you and, and and just seeing that movie with my family, American Underdog, uh, I, I loved it. You know, I love the, the the concept behind it. I love the direction. I love that it was quality. I'm sure you've heard this before, just the fact that it was not only a story about Kurt Warner, one of the greatest to ever do it behind center, but he was a believer. Um, yeah. You know, just take me behind, you know, the process of telling a story in, in today's day and age, which is crazy. You know, I felt uh, a calling to start this podcast because I believe, you know, coming from a journalism news background in sports and news, there was almost like a, a facade or an agenda behind a lot of these stories. I mean, I mean, yep. we weren't born yesterday. Right. We, we flip on the right. news and we see that there's something that's trying to be spread when let's get back to the authenticity and telling stories. Yep. Yep. What, what drove you to, to first of all start Irwin Brothers and, and, and be authentic and then also to uh, to ultimately make this American underdog film?
1: Oh yeah, man. It's a, it's a loaded, loaded question with a loaded answer. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> my brother and I, we started out, my dad was in news. And so okay. uh, we were, we were studio rats. We grew up when I was, you know, I was 15 and my brother was 12. We started, you know, working behind the scenes at the news affiliate. And, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, they agreed that if we you know worked, you know, on the show as cameramen and different things like that, that they would let us use the equipment for uh, from midnight till 4am every night. And so I think we got paid like $10 a day but we got to use all the equipment for free. And so that's what we kind of fell in love with like storytelling and, uh, and you know, and this kind of the media kind of thing. And then I went off to college in New York and then my brother, uh, somebody got sick on a, on an ESPN uh, show uh, when the camera guys got sick and at age 15, uh, a buddy of ours called him and said, Hey, Come over here. Lie about your age. Don't don't let them know that you've never done this before. And you know, and 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 give this a shot. And John did it and just had the time of his life. And I just was like, that's way cooler than what I'm doing here in New York. And so I uh, I went ahead and moved home. And then we both started working in sports. And you know, when we worked on the weekend with sports, it gave us the other five days of the week uh, to you know to have this hobby that grew out of control of a film company. And so we didn't make any money at the film company for a long time. But I loved, I you know, on the sports crews. I you know, I made it up to. I was on the, the, ESPN primetime crew, and I, I you know, one of the best shows I still think uh, on on TV, and uh, and just traveled around the country. And then, I I only did one Super Bowl, and I did. Uh, it was in two thousand one, It was in New Orleans, and it was uh, Kurt Warner in his second Super Bowl against Tom Brady in his first, and so I was on the sidelines of that game. And I just kept watching this guy that the story that we covered in this movie had played out, you know, the year before. And I just kept, you know, like looking at this guy being like, what makes this dude tick? And then I just kept seeing him run over to the stands. And there was this spiky haired, you know, beautiful lady in the stands he kept running over to. And that was his wife, Brenda. And I kept looking at the two of them and their partnership as I want to know the story behind that. So I never would have guessed that fast forward 20 years later that I would be sitting in Phoenix in his you know, house with him and Brenda, you know, pitching him on why we were the guys to tell his story. And, uh, and they really loved what we were kind of selling. And we just, you know, I didn't go in there telling tell them what, this is what your story is. I went in there to kind of ask questions and say, you know, what is your story? And, uh, and he really kind of said, you know, it's not just about what happened for me on the football field. A lot of people know that. It's about what happened behind the scenes and about my relationship with Brenda and our relationship with her son, Zach, who's blind. And, you know, that relationship is what fueled the heart of the champion that I found. And I was like, OK, that's a movie. And so uh, so we we stepped into it with Fear and trembling, and and uh, we're off to the races making a movie.
0: I love it. And, and so who you are at the core of who you are is a storyteller.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And- yeah I mean, Yeah. That's it.
0: Absolutely, and I know coming from uh, you know reporting both in news and sports and producing as well, uh, that's my drive. you know that's what I felt my calling was to to get into the media and to spread Christ's light in the media uh, because yeah. it was it, it's such a dark world and I feel like in two different forms in a news medium and in a film medium, you know the Lord yeah. has placed us on these these roads to to walk and 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 for you andy and in and the filmmaking process, I'd love to hear about how that's been for you. I know that there's yeah. been I don't know, like almost like a stigma with with Christian films for whatever reason. But sure. but, y- but y'all have go- gone in there and 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 almost it seems to have like taken over and like we're here and we're, we're spreading the gospel of Christ. And it not only is spreading the greatest news of all time and our savior, but like it's also quality movies and and people yeah. who are believers and non-believers can go and come to the table to hear this story being told. I mean, what, what drives you to be able to do that? And, and And I would love to hear the process behind that.
1: Yeah. You're, you're very kind, bro. You know, I think, you know, one of the philosophies we have is that quality is something you always chase. It's not something you ever catch. And so if you're chasing quality, you're always getting better and better. And, uh, and so, you know, when we, when we stepped into it, yeah. You know, faith film got knocked around, especially in those early days. Um, you know, we're, we're at, we're, where are we at right now just because we've been able to stand on the, the backs of people that trailblazed in front of us and we're willing to, be brave enough to step into this arena as Christians and say, Hey, we need to get involved and we've got to learn on the fly. And so, yeah, there were a lot of those early efforts. Uh, You know, there were a lot of, there's a lot of learning as they went. And so, you know, I think we've been able to kind of step on what they've created and maybe take it a step farther and hopefully leave, you know, um, a, a higher platform for the next person to step up to and take it even farther. You know, I, I think when we, when we first, you know, we were doing music videos for years. And so um, <clears throat> when we, we, we got into eventually doing rock music videos. So we did videos for groups like Skillet and, you know, several others uh, that were kind of rock. And we got good at blowing things up. And, you know, uh, you know, in fact, you know, if we didn't know how to end the music video, we just say, you know, that things blew up. In fact, our last music video we did for Skillet was for a song called Hero. And uh, I think the treatment at that point just read, like, the band comes out, things blow up, it starts to rain, more things blow up, it stops raining, everything blows up. And that was it. And that, that, that video has, like, 400 million views on YouTube. But, uh, uh, but because of that, we got into directing Second Unit. And, uh, and Second Unit does the stunts on a lot of films. And, like, so they do a lot of the stunt work and stuff. And so uh, my brother was on another Faith film directed by uh, a guy named Alex Kendrick. And, um, and afterwards he just said, Hey, John, what you calling? And John was like, Hey, I'm here to have a paycheck. And he's like, it's time for you and Andy to kind of your brother to, to really kind of pray about what, what stories God has for you to tell. And we just said, well, Alex, we don't really do stories exactly the way you do. You know, yours is geared more towards the choir. You know, it's, it's very much like, you know, um, you know, church lessons for the church. And that's is not what we do. We want to kind of have an outward focus. That's kind of, um, that's kind of focused on people outside the church walls of an introduction to faith. And he's like, don't try to be us, you know, do what you feel called to do. And so we stepped into the arena with this little tiny film, October baby and, uh, shouldn't have worked it did, And then that led to mom's night out and eventually Woodlawn and Woodlawn was our first sports movie. And that was a story that we grew up, you know, and I think early on when you're a filmmaker or a storyteller, you know, those early days. You, you, it's like learning to play the piano. You just imitate things, you know, you imitate other people. until so finally you get to the point where you know your instrument well enough and know who you are, that you get to a point where you're like, you discover something that's like, Oh, that's me. And uh, when we did woodliners our first true story <clears throat> and it was um, our first sports movie. And that was a story I grew up as hearing as a bedtime story. Um, my dad would act out all these parts about this little high school football team that in the middle of the Jesus movement during the last part of integration in Birmingham, Alabama, the Jesus movement hits this one school, and out of that rises the first black superstar uh, in the high school system uh, uh, in the southeast, and led to the the biggest uh, high school football game in the history of the southeast, which was like sixty thousand fans at Legion Field in, in in Birmingham, and so we told the story, and we got done with it. And financially, that one was not our breakout; it was not a it wasn't a hit, but it was our first A plus cinema score, which is r- rare, it means that the audience really loved it. And it was where we found our voice. We're like, Oh, this is what we do. We do true stories. We do underdog stories. We do redemption stories. And <clears throat> we love sports, music, and military is kind of our thing. And mm-hmm. and so, um, so we went once more around the block and my buddy Bart Miller brought his story to us, which was this, uh, music story of, I can only imagine, uh, it has the same DNA, somebody that discovered their voice on a stage rather than a football field. And we put that out, um, in uh, 2018 and it blew up this little $7 million movie did 86 million in the box office. And then all of a sudden the doors just flew open, which kind of led us to be able to take bigger chances like a uh, underdog. So that's kind of the, 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 the long and winding road that led us to where we're at.
0: I love it, man. That sometimes, I mean, that's really how our Lord works, right? It's a long and winding road filled with obstacles, filled with challenges, but time and time again, he shows us you know, truly what, what our calling is, even in the moments where it seems that, you know, um, is this right? Is this is what I should be doing? And then you have a movie like Woodlawn, and that probably just encouraged you and gave the extra boost to keep going because I love it. Yeah. I mean, everybody, we just, you know, passed March Madness with St. Peter's, the 15th. Yeah. Everybody yeah. can get behind that. I think yeah. everybody can get behind that underdog story. And yeah. I, I know that, um, you know, authenticity is something that, you know, both of us. are are, are strongly passionate about. I mean, this is why I started this podcast, because like I mentioned, I I came from a background where I felt like there was not enough of that. And like, let's just get to the table and and be authentic and be who who we are. And how how do you think you're able to convey that authenticity? I I know I was reading a bit about how you need to feel it it, yourself, Andy, to be able to tell that story. I mean, how are Mm. you best able to to show that authenticity, because it obviously shows on screen, man. And so props to you. So how how are you able to get there?
1: I appreciate that. You know, I think, you know, authenticity is kind of like the ultimate uh, thing in our society. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody talks about, you know, that the ultimate truth is your truth. And um, whereas I feel like there is an ultimate truth, I'm willing to use whatever subversive methods to point people to the ultimate truth. And so people's real life experience and their real life story and what they've lived is a very disarming thing to uh, to a a world that instantly their guard goes up when you start talking about Jesus. And so uh, by by uh, looking for those true stories, I have to find a story that for John and I that moves us first. So I can't take an audience emotionally on an experience that I haven't been willing to go on myself yet. But when I do find that kind of in a the story, then that's a story I have to tell. And so, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, rather than apologize, you know, for my Christianity or, or what I believe, you know, I look for stories that just naturally have it in it. And I earn the right to be heard. And just like any other story, every, every, every film, every book, every, you know, writer preaches, you know, it always has the perspective and the worldview of the person putting the words on the paper. But the really good ones earn the right to be heard. And so for me as a Christian, I think we have to work a little bit harder to overcome some of the stereotypes, to overcome maybe some of the negative images that other people have presented there by really making a story that is entertaining, that's nuanced, textured, interesting, worth watching, worth you paying $20 to go see it at the theater. But then finding that moment where when the audience is emotionally committed to this character in the story finding a moment where you turn it on. And so like in the movie, I can only imagine, you know, we really don't turn on the faith in that story to the majority of the extent until we are two thirds of the way through the mo- movie and you end up at the breakfast table with Dennis Quaid's character and he has this conflict with his son and they get honest. And, you know, there's a reason we waited till late in that movie to turn it on. But when we turn it on, like we go for it. And that, that scene, that little eight minute scene, with no music, just dialogue, two guys at a table getting honest. It's powerful. It's palpable. People just lean in yeah. because it's earned. And so, you know, we work extra hard to do that. We work hard also in who we cast. You know, we want people in front of the camera that uh, that are trust trustworthy brands that are unexpected uh, to kind of bring the material to life. And I think, you know, Underdog for us was a step up in that direction. and It was really cool to kind of see it come to life.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned, I can only imagine, I remember my wife and I were watching that and, you know, both of us just, I mean, it hit us, you know, I know my, my yeah. wife grew up without, a without a father figure wow. uh, and that, that hit her, you know, to the core. And, and I know for me watching American underdog, you know, being an athlete, being, you know, working in sports that, that to me, uh, you know, we, you know, I left the the job at Fox in Phoenix because we felt called to do mission work in Portugal last year, and well, so we left my job and, and we just went and uh, we came back and it was a struggle. I mean, I remember seeing that that scene with Kurt and, um, you know, the way how you depicted this scene where uh, him and Brenda they were they stopped in that car in the middle of nowhere and he had to yeah. run and go get that gas yeah. tank. Man, that that was me in January just like yeah. a few months ago, because we yeah. came back on this missionary money, you know, it came back and, you know, we didn't have much, but you know, that season for us was like, let's continue chasing our dreams together. So the, you know, yeah. knowing the power of stories and how it can truly impact people wherever they're yeah. at in life, like the Lord is so good. And he's blessed us since then. It's just in the meantime, that that moment spoke to us. And so cool. just know that, you know, the Lord is using your movies in, in powerful moments uh, for for so many people, yeah. and uh, I I know that I, I was reading a quote about how you were at a camp and somebody wiser than you said, you know, whatever's in your hands, you know, yeah. let the Lord just use it. And yeah. is that is that your passion, Andy, to be able to connect with people where they're yeah. at, and and to and that you've just held on to that that wisdom yeah. of of continuing to let the Lord use your you and your brother's hands?
1: Yeah, I just I just think it's the the breadcrumbs of grace, man. It's like mm-hmm. you know, I think. Um, I think as Christians, a lot of times we rob, um, people of the opportunity of seeing the power of what we believe by trying to put this perfect social media image together where we have all of our crap figured out. Right. And I think, um, there's a reason in the Bible it's filled with such flawed people. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the majority of them that are in the hall of you know, faith or whatever, That they were train wrecks, man. You know, they they made a lot of mistakes, but they had a desire to know and be used by God. And God in his grace redeemed all the brokenness, all that winding road that got them to where they went. And so I think, you know, our the stories I'm attracted to are the ones built around um, you know, people failing forward. You know, they made a lot of mistakes. You look at Kurt and you know, him chasing this dream that seemed insane, and it was very selfishly motivated for the longest time until he finally figured out what he was fighting for, and that was his family. Yeah. and it was him and Brenda uniting together to say, we're gonna fight for this family that that's when he really found his dream. And that'll preach, man. You know that'll preach to anybody that's that's young and married and trying to figure out how to keep it all together. And so those are the kind of stories we want to tell. this um, you know, uh, there's a there's another story that I'm in the middle of. We're in the middle of uh, creating right now. So there's a book uh, called Fearless. It's a New York Times bestseller about a Navy SEAL named Adam Brown, and his story of going from being a drug addict to uh, to uh, you know coming to a relationship with God and then trying to get break free from his addiction and, as a drug addict and ended up making it onto the Navy SEALs and the SEAL Team Six and ended up dying a hero's death in Afghanistan. His story just rocked my world when I read the book. And so we're in the middle right now of working on that story to bring that to the screen. So when we discover a story like that, like one that's filled with failure and grace, like uh, those are the ones worth telling. Those are the ones that really change people's lives. Absolutely.
0: And I just want to get real quick here into, into mental health. Uh, I know that uh, for, for, Kurt to be able to uh, you know meet him and talk with him and then portray how he was able to have this inner drive to keep chasing his dream no matter what people told him uh, to be able to keep that and 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 to and to find his strength in the Lord and in his bride I know there's times when you know it can get tough right people yep. can can criticize you people have their you know there's always haters you know people even in the church and outside the church they're gonna have their comments right I know for my bride and I we've just so centered our relationship on the Lord, right? And we've had him, he's been our steadfast strength and peace during times of calamity and, and the lies from the enemy. As, as a filmmaker, how might you be the quarterback? You know, that Super Bowl quarterback when you do these films to, to have this, this mental strength, but also find ways to, to, you know, take care of yourself and have that, that, that time to, to take care of your own mental health so you can get back in the game and, and keep making, making hits, if you will.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, it's an ebb and flow, you know, like I think we always see in, in the American society that success is, you know, a straight line up mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, it's, it's got valleys, you know, it's kind of a gradual progression upwards as you grow, but growth it usually comes from the failures much more than it does from the successes. And I think that, you know, you know, in any story structure, there's always the moment in kind of classic, uh, compared to mythology that is the the, 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 in the hero's journey is, um, you know, the dark night of the soul is that moment where you feel like all is lost and you can't have the climax of a movie until you bring your character to that all is lost moment. It's in that darkest moment that they really, uh, they find the real victory. And so I, I, I think, you know, with anybody's life, you have those dark nights of the soul. It's those moments where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. Um, I think the things that have helped me in my dark nights and I I've, I've I've had several of them. Uh the things that have helped me not quit. Uh number 1 is man uh God's grace in my life through my wife. My wife is she's the real deal. Um I got nothing negative to say about that woman. She is uh she's the strength for sure. Like uh that that, that woman is a woman of faith. And having somebody that's your partner in the trenches, that's huge. Mm. The second thing is, you know, um Not, you know, I think as men, a lot of times in particular, we are so afraid of looking, you know, incompetent that we kind of keep it in, we keep it internalized and we want to project this version of strength. But I think uh, any man's superhero skill or or ability is just the ability to be vulnerable, the ability to say, Hey, I don't have it all together. I need help. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and to surround yourself with a few trusted voices that are there to lift you up when you're, when you're, you know, you're just at, you know, at the end of your rope. And so having people you walk with, um, uh, and then ultimately I think it just comes down to, you know, surrender, you know, like if I, if I'm out chasing greatness for myself, like I'm going to wear myself out every time, but if it's a surrender thing of, I want to be a faithful steward of whatever opportunities brought in, in front of me to do it to the best of my ability then God really un, uh, you know, honors the kind of humility of just that surrender of like, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to do my best. And God just shut the doors. I'm not supposed to go through. And, uh, and that's a daily struggle, but, uh, but that's where I found God's faithfulness to like, not let me quit. Um, and then, Hey, have a really good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all for therapy. So therapy straight up, and yeah. dude, th- You know, I don't get the stigma sometimes in the church, but man, I, I'm all for my therapist.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. My wife and I were huge, you know, components, you know, of proponents of therapy, you know, and and we're big advocates. I think, yeah, you're right. It does get a stigma. But if the Lord has blessed these individuals who can can professionally work through challenges, you know, childhood trauma or even telling stories. Sometimes when we're telling stories, I remember going to breaking news scenes and they didn't teach you that. Oh, you know, in college, like, Oh, I'm going out to cover this fire. And they, these people have lost everything and you're taking yep. that on and, you know, being an empath, it can just yeah. get difficult. But then, yep. you know, to be able to, to process what you've seen and you telling stories, telling heavy stories, you know, yeah. to talk to somebody about it, I'm sure has been beneficial for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 did a, you know, one of the first dramatic things I ever did is I did a, a documentary on 9-11 called the Crossing the Towers. Um, Uh, about the aftermath of uh, at ground zero and about them discovering the iron cross and the remnants of building six. And we worked for that. We worked for that project as a passion project for close to two years. And uh, you know, and I had all the first responder footage and audio before it had been released to the public. I I got it through a lot of the different agencies that had passed it around. And so, um, you know, I, I got to where I dreamed some of that stuff. It was like, it makes that impact and you carry it. And so you have to learn how to, have an outlet, how to, to just make sense of all of it. And uh, life is messy. It's hard. There's tragedies. There's traumas mm-hmm. that you have to constantly sort through. as part of being a human being. But I think the thing that I've learned, you know, uh, in my journey is that it's it's something you don't have to walk alone. And there's people that help. And uh, you know, that's where they find redemption and purpose in the pain.
0: I love it. Well, I want to respect your time, Andy. We're almost done here. Uh, we just got this last segment. It's called Are You For Real, right? So these are going to be some quick hitters.
1: Okay, quick hitters. Let's do it.
0: All right. So this is Are You For Real? Number one. <laughs> You're a filmmaker, Andy, bro. Like, you make you make great films. Like, if you had a film about yourself and John... Who would play both of you? And what would the title of the movie be? <laughs>
1: Dude, uh, I think the title of uh, the movie would be Dysfunctional Brothers. Uh, and man, I think, you know, as far as starring, my dad, <laughs> my dad, uh, he was talking to me and John a little while back, he was like, talking to my brother, he's like, John, you look just like Matt Damon. You look, Matt Damon needs to play you <laughs> in a movie. You, you look like Matt Damon. I am sitting there, I was like, okay, cool. And he looks at me, he's like, Andy, you look like, He's like, "Here's this golfer over in the UK named Beef. You look like Beef the Golfer." I was like, "The guy that looks like a caveman." <laughs> 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 but I guess it would be Matt Damon and Beef the Golfer. So I don't. Matt know. Damon
0: and Beef the Golfer. Give that dude an acting career, then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So awesome. it's all good. That's
0: awesome. All right, number two, dream vacation spot.
1: Ah, uh, dude, I I I went. You know what? Dream. Like, if you I'm know, dreaming, I, I really want to see New Zealand. Mm Uh, I really, uh, Because of Lord of the Rings?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm a Lord of the Rings freak. Uh, so I was, I mean, I just take me in full wardrobe to Middle Earth to be awesome. And then as far as like places I've been, the island of Kauai is like the most perfect place in the universe. Like that, that, like, if I was just going to get lost in that island somewhere, like, take me to Kauai, to Hanalei, to the North Shore. It's perfect. Hawaii, bro. Love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then Lord of the Rings, I could be a uh, Legolas, man. And, and
1: you could be out there. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> you could be, I'll be Aragorn. I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up being like Gimli the Dwarf. But
0: And then uh, number three, so best French fry. I know this is, this is a very hot topic. I mean, people love their In-N-Out. People love the just OG McDonald's, but Chick-fil-A. I'm-
1: no, I said well, Chick Fil A is pretty good. Yeah. Like I, like I can't do it anymore because my body won't let me, man. I just, uh, you know, and right. my body finally got to age forty it was like, no, we're protesting, we're not doing this anymore. But I'm an In N Out guy. Like you take me to yes. In N Out and I get, I get, I get a hamburger animal style and then I get my French fries and I just slide them on it. and just it's all together. So like, yeah, that's that. That's my perfect French fry. It's a French fry in an animal style cheeseburger from In N Out
0: love it we just had in and out animal style and then i love that they got the animal style that is the yeah. best fry yeah yeah all right last but not least number four you've got some fish back there tell the people yeah. about your fish
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, this is where i get significantly less cool so yeah i've got uh so or significantly very, more cool depending on how yeah, you like okay out. okay well maybe in very small niche community <laughs> right but no like like for me fish has always been like that's my detox time. Like some people mow the grass, I've got my fish tank. And so, as long as I've been a filmmaker, I've always had an aquarium. And I uh, and I, I I just think fish are interesting. So, if you see me really stressed out, I'll be I'll be in redesigning the fish tank. And like you know, and that's that's what I do for my therapy. So like I've got I've got a bunch of fish from uh, South America back there, and uh, so uh, a mixture of cichlids and then, uh, silver dollars, which are like in the piranha family. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, my, that's my hobby. I just got my kids into it too. They've got their aquariums going at home, so it's something we relate to. It. It's cool.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, Andy, I really appreciate your time. I just want to end this with, with three quotes from, from American Underdog. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and so you can do what you want to do. Winning isn't winning if I don't have you by my side, and you help me believe again. So, mm-hmm. whoever's listening, whoever's watching, uh, I encourage you to check out American Underdog. If you haven't seen it yet in theaters, Make sure you watch that movie. Make sure you check out all of the other Irwin Brothers films. I can only imagine, Woodlawn, these films are not only great films, great filmmaking. They tell a powerful story, which ultimately, as believers, we're all about telling the gospel of Christ and sharing his light. And so make sure you follow everything the Irwin Brothers are doing. How can they follow you? How can they uh, check out what you're doing next? What's yeah, up? There?
1: Yeah, we've got several that are in production right now and more that are about to go. And so uh Go to our website for our company, KingdomStoryCompany.com, and you can kind of keep track of all the stuff we got going on.
0: Awesome. Appreciate you, Andy. Do you mind if I say a quick prayer for you?
1: Oh, it'd be awesome, Charlie. Thanks, bud.
0: Wow. Thank you, Lord, for the Irwin brothers. Thank you for Andy. Uh, Thank you for this time we were able to spend together. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for his family, his marriage, his his kids. I pray that you'd put a special blessing upon his marriage and his children. Uh, that you would protect them and bless them and just use their family unit to make an impact for you, Lord. Use these films, Use continually use Andy's hands, just as uh, he was giving that advice early on, continually use him and his brother's hands, Lord. In a day and age where it can be discouraging, in a day and age where it can be difficult, continue to give them that peace and that hope and that strength to continue on to make these incredible films that aren't just great films, they impact, they're eternal, Lord. They, They impact the world for you. So use them, launch them, uh, to incredible continued success uh, in this industry and may they find favor with continual uh, people in the industry to, to make to make these films Lord in Jesus mighty name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks Charlie. You rock bro. Love your heart man.
0: Love your heart too. You rock as well man.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Enjoy your day. Right. See, see you buddy.
0: Later. Normally uh, for the guests I have uh, I have a walkout song. So what's, what's your favorite baseball team?
1: Favorite baseball team. Oh, man. I guess, I guess I'm guess i I'm a Yankees guy. You're a Yankees
0: guy? Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Heard Aaron Judge might sign a big contract. So, Andy, if you were to step up, you know, batting right behind Aaron Judge or even back in the day, you know, Jeter. I'm from Michigan. So, you know, Jeter's from Michigan. So, yeah. uh, if you were to step up for the Yankees and you were to have a walkout song playing behind you, get that big homer and maybe bunt for your boys, what would that walkout song be? Uh,
1: Why? I think it would be. I would I would think. Let's see, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I would think probably my walkout song would be "Vertigo" by U2, and mm. uh, and I, I I'm a I'm a big U2 freak, and uh, and for me, uh, I just uh, there's just something about that song that gets me amped up. What about it gets you amped up? I don't know. Like uh, you know, I just the music video for that song in this uh, Bono in the desert and it's you know the desert just starts to kind of turn into an earthquake and this sandstorm around it. And it just—it uh, was always like larger than life for me. So uh, it would probably be do that one or uh, or the other one. Yeah, yeah, that—that that would be the one. That'd be the one. Well, you gotta go with it. your
0: gut, man. You know is go that one was at the top of your
1: mind. <laughs> plus, plus I couldn't do anything like uh, hip-hop related with things up there, so. You know, I, I don't I don't have the slider to pull that off, so I'm just hey. going to go with
0: uh, Classic Rock. Awesome. I love it, man. I love it. I can picture that for you, Andy. Vertigo about to swing. So that's going to be playing in the background as I introduce you here. Um, before, okay. Before I introduce you, uh, I was reading a bit about your background, and I love it, man. Uh, actually, starting out in sports myself. I come from a sports media background, working at Fox cool. News and, uh, oh, Fox and Fox TV, covering the you know, NBA, NFL teams out in Phoenix. So, uh, yeah. I appreciate your time, man. It's going to be an honor to talk to you.
1: That's cool, man. Love it. Let's do it. Hey, thank you so much for watching
0: that. If you like that video, if you like that guest, please subscribe below. There's a lot of exciting things coming. I'm really thankful to God uh, for this Authentic Week podcast. And I'm thankful for you. And if you'd like to... Want to delve further to be a part of the Authentically Fam. We keep it authentic. Please subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening from, please make sure to hit that notification bell to listen whenever these episodes get released because there's going to be a lot more coming your way. I'm just so happy to have you here. I hope you're inspired by it in some capacity. I hope you're encouraged by it. And I hope it impacts you as you impact others from where you're at in the world today. Much love.